0: Welcome to an all new episode of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sidney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at sidk 80 Once again, at Sid80. That's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S I D K I D eight zero.
1: You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and at Keena McGee on the Instagram.
2: And you can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter.
0: And you can follow this show, Second City Sports, on War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor. We are also on iHeartRadio. When you download the iHeartRadio app, search for War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor and we are also on the youtube you could look at us virtually and visually that's at war media w-a-r-r media and you can watch us do our thing Where we are here we are voila <laughs> like comment share and subscribe too we need those yep yep, yep. all right lakina let's kick it off with the chicago bears because we all know we We'll, all three of us have a lot to say about Sunday's game against the New Orleans Saints. If you listened to our last podcast, we told you what was going to happen, and we'll let you start off, uh, uh, Queen, about what happened in Sunday's game down on the lakefront.
1: Basically what we've seen for all season, right, guys? I mean, you know, the offense was you know, completely discombobulated. The defense, it had its moments, but they did some, they did some you know, they they gave them some big plays and again rinse r- r- lather rinse and repeat. I mean we've been look we've been seeing this all season long and I like to apologize like I said on Friday's podcast I like to apologize to all of, you know, the the rest of the nation because they most of them most of the folks saw that game and they had to see that and yes you know, they were able to catch up and tie it and force overtime but that final score was nowhere near close as it, as the you know the game itself. I mean. From you know penalties, and we'll get to the Javon, the Javon Wim stuff in a second. That was just completely stupid. But I, I just think that look, the Bears again. I'm going to channel the late great, the great Denny Green. The Bears are who you thought they were, and thank. And this this time, you know, there were a couple of times where the Saints sort of almost let them off the hook, but in the end, they didn't. So look, again, the play kind of speaks for themselves, you know, in the eye test. So. Yeah, you know, they're five and three now. They probably shouldn't be. They probably should be like three and five or even two and six. But you mm. know, it, it's just I'm I, I I again the play kind of the play yesterday kind of spoke for itself.
2: Yes, greatly. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty ugly in Chicago on the offensive side of the ball and on the decent defense side of the ball, and it's bubbling over and you can see it. And I think the defense can only hold so long before they crack, 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 crack. And that's what I think is happening right now as far as with the big plays, you mentioned them giving up. It's cracking because you can't just hold the Titanic and think it's going to, you know, make it through the NFC. It's not going to do it. And as far as them getting back in the game, that was more so of the... Lack of focus on the Saints' part and not so much as them getting back in the game. I was looking because, and you know, that's my Super Bowl, so I watch every play, and it's not a bad play in the game for me personally. Because if they do something good, it's fine, if they do something good, it's fine. So it was like the Saints was took the foot off the gas and was like, these, they can't catch up. They didn't they didn't get them no, they don't get at offense, no respect, just like the rest of the league don't get that offense, no respect. They like, they can't catch up. Then when they got to the catching up, they were like, oh, okay, wait, we gotta play a little bit. They're coming back. It was kind of too late, and they almost blew it by playing games. That's another team that we can say that conversation for another day. That's in total flux in a sense, also. I don't know what's going on with them, Michael T. You know, Kamara, great game. He he might make it on the stud and dud list for a few people, but yeah, it's it's that bad offense, man. I think we got some serious problems with our coach, man. And and bringing Trubisky in for one play, what, what was that about? And you know, yeah, we got we got some serious uh, problems. Like you said, we are gonna get into that whim stuff a little later, so
0: couple observations here uh, When how the Bears started off the game offensively. I thought it was very encouraging, especially running the football. David Montgomery finished the game with 21 carries for 89 yards, his best game since uh, week two of the regular, uh, of, of the season. Uh, of course, he had another offensive lineman go down for the Bears. And number two, uh, the play calling. I know it's not going to be much of an issue this week, but I had a problem with the decision making of Nick Foles, especially at the end of the first half when uh, Cairo Santos kicked the field goal for the Bears to go up 13-3, to I believe. It should have been 17-3 to because Troy Igman on the broadcast on Sunday pointed it out that Jimmy Graham was basically wide open one on one in the left corner of the end zone, and this is the problem the Bears have had all season long: scoring consistently in the red zone. I want to, without googling, I want to ask uh, you, Lamont, and you, and also to you, Lakina, how many uh, rushing touchdowns do the Bears have this season? Three.
1: I'll say uh, one. Ding, ding,
0: ding, and that was David Montgomery's. Uh, only rushing touchdown this the season against Tampa Bay uh, uh, early in uh, last month. This is the problem that the Bears have had all year long: scoring consistently in the red zone. Nick Foles clearly missed the mark with Jimmy Graham uh, after the two-minute warning going into that going to halftime. Of course, the Saints came down and scored a touchdown with their tight end Jerry Cook to the cut it to thirteen to ten. That that lead should have been excuse me seventeen to ten instead. of 13 to 10 at halftime. That's one, excuse me, one problem that I had. Number two, give the Saints offense credit. Alpha Camaro was, was a bigger threat in the passing game and not so much in the running game. I've never seen so many inside slants and screens thrown at And shout-out to uh, head coach Sean Payton of the Saints. Uh, This is one of the ways you beat this Bears defense. You throw a lot of screens, and it worked yesterday. The the Bears did get pressure on Drew Brees, but once you thought that he was about to go down, he just moved to the side a little bit. They called out some screen plays, or he he found someone down the field. And I'll tell you what, they are taking – the. Uh, page out of the New England Patriots playbook for the last two years when Tom Brady was there. Not let Drew Brees throw the deep balls uh, consistently like he was early in his career. It just uh, let him manage the game, make a couple plays here and there, and that's that's how you win ball games. And also, my third observation: that Saints defense, as you we talked about on Friday, Lakina, during our preview, Cam Jordan stepped up. He had a couple of sacks yesterday. That secondary, which we told you that you could throw on, the Bears didn't take advantage of that. And, and that secondary stepped up on Sunday.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I know some people are wondering why didn't Coach Necky, why did Coach Necki take that time out at the end of the first half, which kind of, Help lead the Saints to scoring that touchdown to kind of cut into that lead. And also to remember, too, Will Letts also had missed a field goal prior to that. So, you know, that it could have been the score could have been tied at the half. So, in in that sense, but, you know, unfortunately, I, I think. I think the, the, I think the Saints sort of, you know, Peyton and the Saints and some of his play calling kind of kept the Bears in the game. Like, you know, there was a, a fourth and one and they had like a, a slant to to Kamara to, that would have iced the game. They wouldn't have had to go to overtime, but they missed it. They went a slant, they went slant to Kamara and he actually lost two yards and the Bears were able to get the ball back and ultimately ended up having that game time field goal. But I mean, it, and also the, the Trubisky. I think you mentioned it too, Lamont. The Trubisky. What he's not Taysom Hill, so I don't know what what was the What was the point of him? make and, and you know, like <laughs> hey, hey, you know, I could I could do it too. Like wait, what what is this? Like it was like you know backyard, yeah, yeah backyard, like football or something. But I, I mean, he must
0: play men for the night before. I don't know. <laughs> I,
1: you know. Who knows? I mean, I don't know what was going through his mind doing that, but. Uh, Look, I mean, the the Saints did what they needed to do. They, you know, they kept the ball rolling. They, you know, they kept the ball moving. They kept the the Bears off the field. The Bears just, you know, went over themselves again. And you know, Comets, you know, Cole Komet, I mean, he got he got a little bit of a reprieve because that should have been a fumble. But yet, apparently, you know, forward progress. You know, all I don't know what that was. That was actually during the overtime when the Bears had possession. But I mean, God, I mean, this this team is not very good, folks, and. Let's just say that, I, like I like we've been saying, that five and three record now is very deceiving.
2: Yeah, um, that five and three record is really deceiving. I remember the people I was watching the game with yesterday, I was over some family house and um, they was like, well, you can't really fuss about them, they five and two. I was like, that's a mirage, it's not real. They like, how can you say it's not real? And then they seen a couple of plays and was like, okay, I can see where they – is they bad or are the Saints that good? And I was like, the Saints are in flux right now, like you mentioned. Uh, Sean Payton, brung him back. I mean, bad calls down the stretch that Kamara play. The reason he has to do that is because he has no receivers. He has no one else to throw the ball to but Kamara. So he has to go to him or to that tight end. He don't have many options down there right now. And the Saints are – It's a lot of people down there feel the same way we feel here about our Bears, even though they got pretty much the same record almost. And it's like only thing they may get a break in is that their division and they already beat Tampa Bay once. So, you know, they, they, they may catch some slide on that. But as far as us, we got to deal with a Minnesota team soon that looked extremely okay with a running back that looked extremely healthy. So we it's it's gonna get rougher for the Bears and like people that was predicting that they may lose all of the, these games in that stretch just might be right. I was giving them two and two out of it, but it, it could go worse than that. And going forward, I think it all gonna start with that play call and still. I mean, it's it's too many questions and what he do. And I don't it does a lot of it just doesn't make like football sense to a lot of people. A lot of the experts, I can, I, can, I can, all through the game, you can hear the announcers breathing in their microphone, like, like what, like what was that, like you, and anytime you get that from your play-by-play, <laughs> that's a sign of the frustration. That's you know those are the frustrations that we let out and try not to let out, and our chiefs as professionals not to let out, but when it be that bad and that obvious, it just comes out. And we be like, we try to hold it in, but it just comes out. Now on the air, letting it out like, oh, like Aikman looked like he was by. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, lucky they can't cuss. Let's just say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee, Lamont Scott. I am Sydney Browns, and we discussed the Week Eight loss for the Chicago Bears to the New Orleans Saints, twenty-six to twenty-three in overtime. The Bears' record is now drops to five and three with the game against the Tennessee Titans on the road next week. Of course, on this show, we have them at two and six. So go figure on that one. I want to get back to uh, the, the broadcast as uh, Lamont uh, brought up, Troy Aikman. I don't know if you guys caught this, and I did. This was, was the middle of the third quarter, uh, and this is when the Bears started struggling. The Saints were catching momentum getting back into the game. Uh, they had a Fox had a shot of Allen Robinson. Uh, strolling down the sidelines with his eyes rolled in the back of his head, rolling his eyes and looking uh, away from the office, basically turning his back. And they went to Aaron Andrews, and she reported that Allen Robinson had to separate himself from the office for a minute. Of course, he eventually came back and started started, uh, pep talking with quarterback Nick Foles. And as we told you the last couple weeks on this show, uh, if the Bears start losing, th- this train may come off the rails again. Of course, we'll get to Javon Wims in just a second. But it's little things like that. And when you're not winning, everything is exposed. Now, I'll go back to the on the field portion. Quarterback Nick Foles, he didn't look that great yesterday. Did you guys know in every game this season, he has thrown at least one interception or more? Think about that for a second. And this is supposed to be your better option than Trubisky. As of right now, I don't don't think so. Now, I'm not going to sit here and start a controversy that Trubisky should be back in the lineup. I know Troy Eggman threw that out there on Sunday, but I'm not going to go there just yet. Uh, But it was was a couple plays I will give Nick Foles credit on. I believe it was in the middle of the first half. He did hit the uh, post route to to Darnell Mooney. He had a great game yesterday, which the play – that that happened the week before on Monday Night Football and they lost to the Rams, he couldn't connect on it. So he connected with Mooney on, on Sunday on that play. Also, that touchdown catch to Allen Robinson, that was one hell of a catch by Allen Robinson. He should and will get paid. Now, will it be by the Bears? We shall see, but that man is going to get his money. So I want to point out those two plays for Nick Foles yesterday. Other than that, that Saints defense pressured him yesterday, and at times – Nick Foles look like old school Jay color when you get him, get him on his <laughs> back, foot things are bound to happen. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like you said, you mentioned uh, he mentioned that those those couple of big sacks by Cam Jordan and you know, Marshawn Lattimore, I think, has like only like his third or fourth interception this year. So that, that 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 Saints defense has been much maligned all season, had actually stepped up yesterday, believe it or not. And I, uh-huh. I did see a couple of times where I, I thought I thought Troy was going to go off, like you said, Lamont. I mean, I, I thought he was like, what, what the hell are they? I know you wanted to say something but like, What the what the F are they doing? Like, what? Yeah. You're, you're, you're it's down real, down. It, it was, it's, it's like, real. What? Yeah, sorry, sorry, Troy. Sorry, uh, Joe. I mean, that was like—I think they just—I think—I think he was this close to like going off, and I've never seen him like that before. You know, even when you know he's calling you know, his cowboy, the Cowboys games sometimes, but uh, yeah, sorry guys. I mean, you're you're seeing what we've been saying all season, but uh, I mean, it's just just like it. it you know, look, you know, Mooney's been in such was a great find for the Bears. Montgomery, you know, he did what he's supposed to do, but you know, there was some there were a couple of times when he kind of got stopped in his tracks, so the Saints sort of knew what they were. They were gonna um, gonna run. Um, Jimmy Graham had a couple of big drops, especially the one in overtime that would have, you know, advanced the advanced the uh, the possession and that they could have set up for a game winning field goal. But that turned out not to happen. You know, Cordero Patterson—he's not a running back, folks. I wish they would stop trying to use him as such. <laughs> you know, please stop trying to use him. And also Ted Ginn—why is he still on the team? They should—they could—they should just send him back. They were
2: worried to the about. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Harris dropping the ball. I don't think he'll be there next week. They were worried about Harris dropping the ball. So that's why they kept on for one more week to see what the guy they brung in dropped that ball. The guy I think he came from Oakland or something. Uh, yeah, they were worried about him dropping the ball. And the Mooney, the Mo- you know, Mooney, and this is bad, he may be the reason Allen Robinson don't get paid because Chicago does stuff like that. They may think that that's their future. But going that way, and don't pay a great receiver like A-Rod. I can see it. If it happened, I wouldn't be surprised at all because that's what we do here in Chicago. So I wouldn't be surprised. And as far as quarterbacks, I had a quarterback dream. And the only way we're going to get one is if we accidentally find one. Kind of like with the Bulls when they got Derrick Rose by accident and winning the lottery. We're going to have to accidentally, somebody going to have to fall in our lap by accident. Because ain't nobody just casting off quarterbacks. So we would have to get one that falls in our lap. And then even if you look at the end of this year or somebody that may get traded away in the next 24 hours, ain't nobody out there. The only person that may be on the market, they probably wouldn't take anyway. And that's Tyrod Taylor. And They may not take him anyway if he was on the market. So it, it it's not a future there. And the whole going back to Mitch, I think Aikman's frustration was it, it, I just want to see something that's competent. I think that's what was frustrating him, the, the incompetence. <laughs> that word. <laughs> and I think it goes back to the coach, though, because he was looking at, yeah, Nick Wolves didn't make a couple of passes, but the plays that were being called and the times they were being called and do you think that, and I'm asking you this too, Sid, do you think that Nick Foles had a point when he mentioned the timing of them plays coming in to him and that they, not, they haven't made up their own minds before they send it in. So that takes time to get it in. And by the time he get it in, he got to try to process it and then process what's in front of him. And I think that's where the you ain't out here getting hurt part came in when he said that comment. And I can see that comment being extremely real because they don't be looking like they know what play they want to run. Just like you mentioned, LaQuina with Cordell Patterson. Every time you come in the game, you know they're doing a toss to him. <laughs> <laughs> and they're to for it. And like you say, he's not a running back. And if you use them as something else, you might can sneak them away as a running back like other teams used to do. But, yeah, I think it all starts with the coach, man. And, 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 and I'm sincerely thinking that they may have to do a clean cut at the end of the year and get rid of, Pace, what we called it last year, the Trilogy of Doom or something. Pace, Nagy, and (laughs) Trubisky, All of them, they got to just, man, chop them off at the head. Get it over it. start over.
0: Hey, if the Bears don't make the playoffs, that's what's going to end up happening anyway. But I want to focus it on this one. Head coach Matt Nagy will, will come in. Of course, he made the comment after the game that, uh, that uh, going to the Javon Wims situation that uh, there was no place for it. What we mean by that is Javon Wims punched a New Orleans Saints defensive back C.J. Gardner-Johnson in the face uh, in Sunday's game, which led to uh, Wims' ejection. Of course, this all stems from well, two things. One, last year the Saints defensive backs were talking trash to the Bears wide receivers, in particular Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller, of course, what happened on Sunday? at Anthony Miller got into it, where C.J. Gardner Johnson, and of course, both the, both Miller and Johnson both shoved each other. But that was the end of that. Of course, when C.J. Gardner Johnson uh, was alone, Javon Wims stupidly went up and started punching him in the face. Thank goodness that fight broke up quickly. I know Jenkins from the Saints jumped on Wims' back to try to break it up, but it it actually ex- escalated quickly. But it, uh, the fight was over quickly as well. Now, I want to ask you guys first before I give my opinion, do you think Javon – it looks like as of this recording that Javon Williams may be suspended by the team or the NFL. We'll we'll find out. If we have any news on that before we uh, cut out, we'll give that to you. But uh, despite what what happens uh, uh, after this, do you think Javon Williams should be cut uh, due to his selfish, foolish actions? Lamont, I'll start with you.
2: Uh, it, whether he gets cut or not, we wouldn't miss him. That, that's what I'm saying. I think that was a situation where you got an elder statesman in a rob that was being picked up, and you got Miller who's not living up to Miller's what he's supposed to be, but he's still an elder statesman when it comes to wins. So you got Miller who gets into it with Buddy, and he like, man, man, I can, man, what you gonna do about it? You're the youngest one. You got to show the team, you're part of the team, you know. He might have sent my man off like that. What he did was completely stupid. I mean, like, and then the guy looked at him and laughed after the first punch, like, now what you going to do hitting me with a hand? He looked at him like, you hit me, I got on the hammer. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, player. Then he goes, you see the second one, he hit him harder. So that's why mm-hmm. he will be suspended by somebody. Because not because the first one was like a little girl punch. And then, dude, look at mm-hmm. him, like, man, what are you doing? And then he hit him again, and you can see he was like, I'm going to hurt you this time. And all you really did was hurt a career that wasn't blossoming in too much already. And, and I think that's what you did. So, I'm, I mean, him being shipped out on this trade deadline does not surprise me. He might go to Green Bay tomorrow and become a superstar. <laughs> so
0: if you were Ryan Pace, would you cut him?
2: Uh, I, I, no, I would trade him for a tackle. I would trade him for something. I ain't going to just cut him. i trade him tomorrow. For something though, I mean, I and if I don't, I mean, because him being cut, you won't miss him regardless, because you don't even know he on the top, People didn't even know who he was when he ran out there, so I wouldn't just dump him from a team standpoint as far as a cut. No, I would move him. That way, I ain't gotta worry about him. But if they move him to a team that got a quarterback, watch he watch he become a star,
1: <laughs> which could very well end up happening. But look, I mean. This, I guess, you could say, sort of goes back to the old SEC days, right? I, I guess you know, Wims went to Alabama, Garner Johnson went to Florida, and I think there may have been some some history there too prior when they were in college. But apparently, Wims said that you know, I guess some, I guess he spat on him, and I guess that's how it all started. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even still, no, I mean. For yeah, I mean, you know, you know, if that's true, then look. I mean, there's there's no, <laughs> there's no excuse for that. I mean, you know, you hit a guy with his helmet on, and then you, you then you double down and punched the guy, and then got ejected, and you may have cost your career. I mean, will he get cut? Maybe. I'm sure he'll get suspended maybe two or three games because that's just completely uncalled for. But you know, will he get cut? I'm I don't know. I mean, I, if you, if you try to trade him, I don't think you're going to get any takers. <laughs> so, I uh, mean, uh, you, well, yeah, you. Won't uh, yeah, I mean, well, you you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't think he'll probably just get. You probably just won't hear from them for him the rest of the season. But well, nothing will change. So that's the thing. Well, you just answered my question. Nothing will change. So <laughs> it won't even matter. Yeah,
2: yeah he, he don't even matter. Like the people I was watching it with, he was like, "Who is that?" I'm like, "He don't even matter." And 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 that, just like that whole offense. I mean, we don't have a running back. We can make plenty of moves. Hey, ain't Jordan Howard uh, out there on the market for nothing? We can get
1: Jordan Howard. Uh, he's on the Miami Dolphins now. He's on right the Dolphins now. now. I, don't th- I thought the Dolphins were going to trade
2: him. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I mean, they, we, we need to make a move. We need a running back, another one, to spell Montgomery a little bit. And we can use a wide receiver and anybody on the offensive line. You know, they, they've been talking about bringing a uh, long back. So, they're getting desperate around now.
0: Uh, As far as Javon Williams is concerned, if the league or the team doesn't do anything, I will cut him just to send the message to the young guys in their locker room that selfish, foolish – Foolish acts like that will not be tolerated, and I get that from that standpoint. But like you said, Lamont, if you try to trade him, you're not going to get anything for him. So the best thing you do if you want to come just cut him. Somebody else will will pick him up, and if he does something great, if he he doesn't, that's on him. He might have caused, like you guys said, he might have uh, just thrown his career down the toilet. It depends on what happens if he gets suspended or not or if he gets cut for the Bears to send a message to the rest of the team. Now, I want to go back to – Uh, David Montgomery, as I mentioned earlier, he had a a good game since week two with 21 carries for 89 yards. Uh, Coming into Sunday's game, he had 24 missed tackles, and that was the most in the NFL by any player and or running backs. As I mentioned before, I like this kid's style as far as making people miss. But even though the Bears' offensive line is, is shaky, even with the injuries, you have to hit the hole first. Then you can start uh, dipping and dodging and making people miss. But what I saw, especially again yesterday, I saw him trying to spin before he hit the hole, and he was tackled for a loss a few times. And I said, he can be a good running back if he just hit the hole first. If you hit the hole first, then start making people miss, that's okay. But if he starts spinning before you see the hole because – we Y'all know that holes in office and line don't stay open for long in the NFL. When you start doing all that spinning and shifting and all that stuff before you start hitting your
2: lane, that's going to be problems. Sid, to to, to piggyback on what you're saying right there, go back and look at his earlier tapes, right, and you will see something that has changed. He used to hit the hole when it was some form of a hole, and he's had to adapt and start doing that pity pat spin in the back because... He's been getting, if you look at his numbers, he's been hit behind the line of scrimmage more than any other running back. So he's had to develop that now where, okay, let me try to do something before I get to this hole, because it's not going to be there when I get there. So if you look at his style, it has had to change, because you look at all of last year, anytime he ran the ball, he had to try to run over somebody. So you look at he had to change it. I think he's a very competent and good running back. He, he he's, he's probably great if we know how to use him properly. But I think that comes from getting hit behind the line of scrimmage so much. And I think if he didn't have to get hit behind the line of scrimmage at least seven times a game, he would be a much better running back. His numbers would be so much better. But they they need to work something out. But I do think that's where that moving behind the line of scrimmage comes from.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at his takes from Iowa State, this is sort of what he did. He did the spin. He did, you know, this, you know, the, the bruising through the cross. That's, one, that's probably the why the Bears uh, drafted him. But like you, like you guys said, I mean, he needs to sort of, you know, work on, you know, not doing that spin because it just sets the defensive guys up to to get you right away, especially if you have room, you know, in front of you. If you don't have a lot of room and the guys are right there, they can kind of, you know – you know, disrupt, disrupt your rhythm. But I think he does need to need to hit the ball more. I think, you know, it's shown, he's shown that he can, you know, go through and bust through tackles. But, you know, at the same time, you know, I think you're going to get more and more of these defense are going to start figuring stuff out about David Montgomery. So who knows how long he'll be able to be that big bruising back. So we'll see what happens. But I looked, he looked really good yesterday for what they gave him. But I just think that he just needed to do it more.
0: Uh, You know, I I think that Montgomery will get better, hopefully if this offensive line gets better, but I don't know if this offensive line is going to get better, so you have to use for what you have. Now, I know uh, Montgomery's not used as much in the passing game like Alpha Camara was yesterday for the Saints, but... Uh, how can you do that when your offensive line is patchwork right now due to injuries? Now, I gave the offensive line of the Bears credit the first few weeks of the season because they were running the ball a little bit more. Now, since the injuries have come, uh, they've been not even average, slightly below average ever since for the last couple weeks. So uh, I I think David Montgomery can be good. But like you mentioned, Lamont, uh, will this Bears defense, will this Bears uh, coaching staff, i.e. Matt Nagy, use him properly and I, I, at right now, what the evidence shows, the answer is no, and it's not Montgomery's fault. Yeah. Go, ahead.
2: go ahead. No, I'm done. I'm just saying it's not uh, Montgomery's fault that he's not yeah, but, being used it, properly. It, well, yeah, because I think, it, and I think Matt Nagy has a, I want to call it a emergency scare type of coaching style. He played a he played a tie almost all game in a sense he played not to lose so much that it, he's losing because of it and i think when it comes to running backs i don't think he's adapted to his personnel so to speak you know what i'm saying if you don't have the position players to run the offense you want to run then you need to bring that back in and run what your people can do you got an all pro receiver if you want to use them you got a burgeoning rookie who can help that receiver if you just willing to restructure what you think is supposed to work in this league or whatever and then you do have a running back because like Lakina said Patterson is not a running back. You do have a running back. I would rather them get a, a Ryan Nall the ball than Cordell Patterson for a running play simply because he's a running back and I think it's a matter of Nagy having to coach his team and not his scheme i might have to get that on the shirt for the bears like get a bear and say, coach your, <laughs> coach your team not your scheme yeah i think i'm gonna start using that
1: <laughs> you should. yeah it'll be a little i mean like i said if just use them more just just as simple as that just use them more i mean he like i said i mean he leaves the league of broken tackles so i, I think that Maybe that should be a sign for Matt Negative to perhaps maybe use him more. Just saying, maybe you'll be better off. I don't know, especially at the team you're coming up against in the Titans. That defense is sort of meh, so he should be able to go through that that Titans front seven. But again, we'll talk. We'll talk more about that. Yeah, we'll talk more about that on Friday. But uh, what else is your your you guys' takeaways from the game before we go into what what happening around the league? Uh,
2: the Saints. My fault. it. but.
0: Uh, I just want to take a look at the stats uh, from from Sunday's game for the Bears. Allen Robinson had a, a very good game with that touchdown catch. He had six receptions for 87 yards. Anthony Miller with his best game of the season, all around, eight catches for 73 yards. Dar- Darnell Mooney, 69 receiving yards on five catches, including that uh, 50-yard catch uh, early in the game from Nick Foles. Of course, our tight ends were missing yesterday. Only one catch for two yards for Cole commit the rookie tight end out of Notre Dame. Of course, you guys mentioned Jimmy Graham, two catches for 13 yards. He had a couple of drops yesterday. On the focus on the defense, the defense did not set; only have one sack on Drew Brees. And I'm trying to forget who – it came courtesy of Khalil Mack. But uh, Roquan Smith and Danny and both had great games. Both those players combined had a combined total of – uh, 20 tackles. And um, Royal Cross Smith had nine solo tackles. Danny Trevathan was six. Now, Danny Trevathan had a great play on Alpha Kamara on that third down on that third down play uh, right before the two minute one, before the Bears tied the game to send it to overtime. Uh, the the Saints spread the Bears' defense out. Alpha Kamara received the ball out of the backfield, which he was great at uh, in yesterday's game. Danny Trevathan saw Drew Brees followed the ball, and followed Kamara down the sidelines. He, he made the play on third down and tackled him almost immediately because if he didn't, he, Kamara was gone, and the game would have been over the regulation. So I, I thought those two guys had great games from a defensive standpoint yesterday.
2: Yeah, uh, Trevathan better than he did in a long time, actually. So I was happy to mm-hmm. be completely healthy again. Maybe that's, Maybe that was the issue because he was looking kind of slow earlier. And Roquan just doing what Roquan do quietly, really. He do it really quietly. He really is the glue back there because he tackle everything moving. So, I mean, I think he's doing his thing back there. And and uh, as far as the sack part go, Drew Brees get it out too quick. They they not playing that hit-him game. That's why he's 40-plus playing it back there. He going to be back there forever because he not taking no shots like that, man. They getting rid of it. He not doing it. That's why you say it yourself. About what they ran, 21 slants across the back of the bass, Yep. All day long. He's not going to take it. He's not going to get no licks on him like that. So that's what I mean when I say coach your players and not your um, scheme. Because they know what they got. They know what they don't got. They know they don't have Michael Thomas, so they got to get rid of the ball. They know that they only got Latavius Murray on some plays, and when they're not giving it to Kamara running it, they throw on a slant to him or over the top to him. And so they're coaching what they got. You know he only got two weapons? Okay, I'm only going to use my two weapons. I only got – and hate to bring basketball up, but it's like the Boston Celtics used to run the same play every time down the court when they was in their 80s, hey, they were Bird. They'd send him over at the top, run the ball to Bird, and let him decide. Mm -hmm to do on every play down the court they never changed it they used what they had and I think if you notice know the only thing that's good for you use it and use it till they stop it
1: yeah I'll be yeah I think look I think the defense yeah look the defense did what they always do they keep they kept the Bears in it but you want though like i have been saying say for the last few weeks at some point where you think if your your defense is probably going to be sick of having to take you know the offense you know bail out the offense? I remember I remember Akeem. I know Akeem Hicks said yesterday at the presser that well we're an elite team. I, I mean, okay, Akeem, who I keep who I love dearly, but uh, to say that the Bears are an elite team, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I, of course, I'm, I'm sure. Look, he's not going to say that. Hey, I think we suck. He's just not. He just isn't going to say that. So, of course, he's trying to you know get his guys. You know, you know, amp his guys up, and that's fine. But there's fantasy, and there is reality. Them being an elite team at this point, it's not a reality.
2: So let me ask a quick, quick question. At two
0: six, where we have them, they're not <laughs>
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> so, do you think when he say that he meant that his defense is an elite team, and the offense is just a part of the team? You think he judging it just from a defensive standpoint when he say elite, and not overall? He just kind of included them in it because they're on the same team.
1: You know, like so, they can hmm. like, The defense, like we've been saying, could only get just so far though. And then look, we we saw those last couple of games. I mean that Rams game last week should have been a blowout. This game today, yesterday should have been a blowout. So, yeah, if it, it been for the defense,
2: yeah, back, and then like next weekend, they they should be able to outscore them, boys. <clears throat> what we'll see.
1: The Titans are not going to be. Yeah, in a very, the Titans are not going to be in a very good mood again. I'll I'll say the rest of it for Friday, but they're not going to be in a very good mood. I'll say.
0: Yeah. One more quick note from yesterday's game. Uh, Taysom Hill, he made a difference in the victory last year uh, at Soldier Field. He had another touchdown in yesterday's game. They ran a couple of slam plays, and the Bears ran it very well. But on that touchdown in the fourth quarter, uh, he looked very good. And Jalen Johnson, the rookie defensive back out of Utah for the Bears, he was completely lost on that play. know one saved the Tayshaun Gibson. Uh, uh, Taysom Hill—he's—he's their version of Cordell Stewart. Now you're not going to see him throw too many passes, unlike Cordell Stewart did back in the day. But uh, Taysom Hill is their ultimate weapon, and uh, he bit the Bears in the backside again yesterday. Yeah,
2: why you think they paid him so much to be the backup? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, yeah. I mean that. Look, I mean he, he showed you he showed you why he's getting paid all that money, you know, whether yeah. it's deserving, whether it's deserving or not. I mean he showed you why. I mean he keeps drives lot for them, and it's been that way for years now. So, um, I'm not surprised. that, of course, you know that, that's why. And, and that's why.
2: That's
1: yeah, well. That's that's why Nagy did what he did bringing Trubisky in for that one one play. I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, uh, <laughs> Taysom Hill is not Mitch Trubisky or vice versa. <laughs> so it just doesn't. That something just doesn't you know doesn't fit here. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I almost would rather try tasting arms than Trubisky because even with all of Nick Foles' mistakes and misses, so to speak, I still would take him over Mr. Trubisky in a heartbeat because one thing I don't think Trubisky could do is hit Moody like like Foles did. I don't think mm-hmm. Trubisky throw the ball 15 yards when we need 14 yards. I've just never seen him do it. If we need 15, he's going to throw 11. 12 he's not gonna push it across that line and even you can say west on the receiver yeah 50 50 so to speak but no mitch just showed me that he never would push that first down marker to try to get that first down and that's why i think close still is our best option
0: You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Cindy Brown as we review the Bears' 26-13, 26-23 loss rather, to the New Orleans Saints in overtime in Weekend at Soldier Field. The Bears' record now drops to 5-3. and three. On this show, we have them at 2-6. Go figure with that one. Uh, you know, this Bears team looking at the rest of their schedule, I think we said this on Friday, Lamont, looking at the rest of their schedule, uh, they, they still have a chance to turn it around because let's be real here. They only need five more wins to qualify for the playoffs, and I said this uh, before the season started. You're going to with that extra wild card. You have three wild card spots now instead of two, and that's both in the AFC and NFC. Uh, I, you know, I think the Bears can't make the playoffs, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be a long jam throughout. Uh, the rest of the season and looking at the Bears schedule, uh, like Lakin mentioned, we'll preview the, Texan, uh, the the Tennessee Titans game on Friday. But uh, looking at that schedule, you have the, the Titans on the road next week. Then you have Minnesota here on Monday Night Football next uh, in two weeks, and then you have your break, I believe, your bye week, and then you go to the Packers and then you play the Texans, you play the Jaguars, you play the Lions again here that you uh, defeated on the road in week one. And then you wrap up the season at um, Minnesota and now Green Bay. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but uh, you still have a, a, a favorable schedule coming up. And you, you mentioned early, earlier, Lamont, and we'll get this to in our in our next segment with studs and duds and break down a couple of games that we saw uh, from week eight. But Minnesota people want to throw them in, a, in, in, in the trash, whether they make the playoffs or not. You cannot count this team out. I know some people uh, said that the Bears can sweep Minnesota. They should be able to sweep them. Yes, they should, but I say I dis- strongly disagree with that, especially after what Minnesota did to Green Bay. Like I said, we'll break that game down in our next segment, but uh, some, the, the way that you've been playing these last couple of weeks, some of these games that you thought it was going to be easy on the schedule, they're not going to be so easy.
1: Yeah, Dalvin Cook healthy, you know, he like, like, well, we'll, we'll probably, I think a couple of us may have him as one of our studs for this week and week eight and the defense has gotten better for Minnesota, even though, yeah, they've, they lost a lot of their top guys for, you know, for various reasons, but that defense has gotten better and made big plays for them. So, yeah. So for people who have said that, like you said, Sid, that it's going to you know, they're going to sweep the Vikings, not so fast. And the Packers, we'll see where the Packers are the lions i mean look you should have lost that game for the lions i think they're going to remember that so we'll see where they are there the texans the texans might be fight might be playing for their jobs so they might be feeling inspired here and you know they got the jags in between both the vikings and the packers to finish up so i don't see five wins i don't i see maybe 3 or 4 cuz it, it's just a, you know it's just so many weird things happening in the nfl this year like mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see five wins. I'm, I'm, I don't. I'm sorry. That the way this team's been playing.
2: We gonna see. I mean, it's there if they want it. That's a, that's how I see it. It's there if they want it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the coach. If he coaches. <laughs> <laughs> On true, that good. note.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. 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 Okay. So where you guys, we guys want to do. You guys want to do like, the rest of the NFL, or you guys want to take a 20? What do you guys want
0: to do? I say let's take a 20 because I, uh, I have a lot of things to say about what I saw live via my computer screen yesterday because there's some stuff that we need to discuss. And oh, yeah. Some of it's going to be great, and some of it's not going to be so pretty. I'll just leave y'all uh, teasing you with that.
1: Oh, How very teasing of you, Sid. So, on that note, we will be back The talk more week eight in the NFL. Also, college football. Some big news there that could affect one of the big games come this weekend. And as also the Pac-12 is coming back, too. We'll we'll delve into maybe the Bulls. Mo Cheeks has been named one of Billy Donovan's top assistants for the Bulls. And we'll add some more stuff, too. So, we'll be right back with more Second season Sports Zoom style.
2: Zoom. Zoom style. Welcome back to Second City Sports, Monday edition. I'm Lamont Scott, along with LaCada McGee, Sydney Brown, doing Monday's review of Sunday and everything else sports-related.
1: Where can they find you on Doom social media? Zoom style. style! Where can they, find you, <laughs> where they can find you on social media, Lamont? You can
2: find me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter.
1: You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and at Keena underscore McGee on the Instagram.
0: You can follow yours truly Sydney Brown at, on the Twitter and the IG at sidkid 80 Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S I D K I D eight zero. And you can, uh, cat, you can follow this podcast, second city sports. as part of the, Uh, We are Regal Radio Network. That's War Media. You can find our podcast by simply searching for War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor. We are also on iHeartRadio. Please, please, please download the iHeartRadio app, and then type in that search engine box War on Anchor. You can access our programming podcast there, and we're also on YouTube, where you can see us live. You can... Access that on YouTube at War Media once you get at WARR Media. You can see our lovely faces as we do our thing. Hello.
1: (laughs) All right. So, what caught you guys' eye in week eight of the NFL yesterday?
2: Uh, Oh. Go go ahead, Lamont. um, Everybody's about the same, so to speak. Ain't nobody just elite. And jumping off the table because even the elite teams have gotten punched in their mouth by mediocre ish type teams. So, I, right now, I just think it's still a crapshoot on everything. Halfway through now, I think it's still a crapshoot on it all. I think a team that you don't know can still go to that playoffs and win it all. I mean, they've got to, of course, qualify for the playoffs, but. Uh, I don't see, like, I mean, they say Kansas City, but for some reason, I just don't believe in them like that. They, they are winning and dominant. The only team I say that's separating themselves is the most disrespected team in football is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, like, we'll get to them later with my study thingies. But, yeah, I mean, everybody else, I think, can be beat. I think everybody can be beat. Any given Sunday, shout out, Jamie Foxx.
0: <laughs> uh, a couple of things that I noticed yesterday. One, as you mentioned, Lamont, we did uh, uh, see a couple of upsets. Congratulations to Cincinnati defeating Tennessee. And, of course, yours truly. paint the Miami Dolphins to beat the Los Angeles Rams to a tackle, Velova, if I said that name correctly. He didn't have the world's greatest game, but he wasn't terrible either. He was held up by, by the defense and special teams. Uh, even though the Rams took advantage of his turnover early, the Miami Dolphins completely dominated the Los Angeles Rams yesterday from that uh, from that turnover on. So congratulations to the Miami Dolphins. As you mentioned, Lamont, there's only maybe one or two great teams, and that's both mostly in the AFC with Pittsburgh and Kansas City. I think Pittsburgh with that win against Baltimore, we'll break that down in a minute. But with Pittsburgh's win, uh, as we told you throughout the portions of the season their defense is better than what people give it credit for now they may not have any big names like they had in the past when Mike Tomlin first took over but their defense is still pretty good and Minka Fitzpatrick who they traded for last year and helped turn that season around when big, big Ben Roethlisberger was out with that elbow injury. Uh, he's he's making a huge difference in that secondary right now. You saw him make the last play of the game yesterday against Baltimore, breaking that pass up, uh, taking away from Willie Snead of the Ravens. So he's made a big difference there. Now, as far as these other teams, uh, both in the AFC and the NFC, they all bunched up together. They're, they're a bunch of uh, uh, average and some of them maybe above average teams, but – you only have a couple of dominant teams. Like you said, Lamont, I'm not sure if they're going to be at the top when this is all said and done. But right now, it's a crowded field, especially now with the extra wild card berth in both the AFC and NFC conferences. So it's going to be a tight and should be an exciting playoff race from here on out.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think look, Pittsburgh looked really good yesterday against Baltimore. They got two interceptions off Lamar Jackson. Made a big defensive style late in the game. You can kind of wonder if there should have been maybe more time left. But, you know, I digress. But uh, they looked really good yesterday. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Cincinnati got their their second win of the season, sort of upsetting the Titans. That was kind of a a mild upset. Uh, Like I said, they won't be in a very good mood this week. Uh, The Colts sort of stayed paced with the Titans. It's sort of like a two-team race between the two of them in the AFC South. Uh, you know, the Raiders you know the Raiders, you know, they look they looked good yesterday. I wasn't expecting that for that win against like, that, that loss. Oh, uh, oh. yeah, I mean, look, I mean that 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 went against the Browns. I mean that I was very impressed. Again, we'll talk about it when we do our studs and stud, stud, studs and duds easy for you to say, for me to say in a little bit, but you know, Minnesota looked really good. Like Dalvin Cook when healthy, is one of the top running backs in the NFL. He showed That's- you why yesterday. Again, we'll talk more about that in a minute. But I mean, like I said, like you guys said, I mean, there's not like other than maybe the Steelers and the Chiefs, there aren't really like there's some very, there's some like elite teams that you can say there's some like four or five pretty, really good. And then like maybe two or three pretty good. And then, you know, the <laughs> others like the you know, mediocre and then like everybody else.
2: Where the Bears that on that list? <laughs> <laughs>
1: mediocre i'll say i'll say mediocre, in that,
2: mediocre.
1: the mediocre group yeah
0: okay <laughs> i would say mediocre group but, uh to, just to be fair but like i said i have them at two and six
1: so, so go figure <laughs> yeah so they're so technically they're supposed to be in the, in the stinky group but okay well, that's what well we'll, we'll 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 digress here <laughs> uh, but but yeah i mean look like i said the steelers look good i mean the the, the Colts looked really good. Seattle. I mean, San Francisco. My goodness. I mean, they're they're still losing guys. I mean, they lost Garoppolo again. Also, <laughs> Kittle again. So, again. so again, that that that's going to be something to look out for too. And so, yeah. Anything else before we go to our studs and duds? Um, uh, you go first, Sid. I just wanted
0: to break. Yeah, I just want to break down that Minnesota Green Bay game. Of course, the Vikings upset the Packers at Lambeau Ball 28 22. I want to focus in on these two players Delphin Cook, 30 carries for 163 yards and three touchdowns, as long as Rome 37 yards. Kirk Cousins, you know, we, everybody in their mama has maligned him ever since he put on that Minnesota jersey a couple of years ago. Uh, this was the perfect game plan that the Vikings had wanted to institute all along. He went 11 for 14 with a touchdown, 138 uh, quarterback rating of 82.1, but he had one touchdown, no turnovers. Let me repeat that again, no turnovers. So I, 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 if Minnesota can keep that that game plan together throughout the rest of the season, maybe they can get back into this thing, but I, 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 I'm, I'm not so sure. On the other side of the Green Bay, yes, Aaron Rodgers – almost had 300 yards passing again with three touchdown passes. But they need Aaron Jones back. I know Jamal Williams carried the ball 60 times for 70, 75 yards uh, yesterday. I know A.J. Dillon, who has COVID as we speak, he carried the ball for 21 yards on five carries. But they need Aaron Jones back. He was really their MVP last year, which made that Green Bay offense go. Right now, if you're the Green Bay Packers, if you're a Packers fan, you have to be worried because, now, the, look at the teams that they have lost to the last couple of years. Tampa Bay this year, Minnesota yesterday, and San Francisco twice last year, who you had to play again on the road this upcoming Thursday. Now, if San Francisco doesn't have their search that we mentioned got hurt yesterday at Seattle, um, maybe the, uh, things will light up for the Packers just a little bit. But the Packers are losing to these physical teams, and the Packers, even though the defense is – Good statistically, I told you guys the last couple years they're not as good as people want them to make them out to be. But Green Bay, all their losses—just study it—the last couple years, this year and last year—they have lost to physical teams that beat them up front, and that's not a good recipe for success going forward.
2: What about you, Lamont? Yeah, um, all I was going to say was, as far as individually game organizations, was that uh, was that. Pittsburgh-Baltimore game, and something that the coach said after the game is I think the mentality that a lot of teams need to take with a lot of players. He said, we respect Lamar Jackson, but we're not scared of Lamar Jackson. And I think if teams approach their quarterbacks that they're playing against, such as the Pat Mahomes and any other quote-unquote superstar, I think if you get that mindset, that's that's what I say, go back to coaching. I think if you get that mind state in your players, then they will do great things. Like, you know, they pulled off yesterday. So, you know, you look at that man had four turnovers because of that. And 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 that that's a mentality more so I think just as good as a talent standpoint. So I think you gotta have them both sometimes, and it starts with your head coach. And I think that's what we – that's the, that's something we're missing in Chicago, like a leader like that.
1: Yeah. You, yeah. Going back to the Vikings-Packers uh, game, you can tell that they missed – the Packers missed Aaron Jones yesterday. That would have been fun. Yes. Him going Him and uh, Dalvin could kind of go in like, you know, having this nice little duo going mano and mano. But, you know, what, Dalvin could 163 yards, three touchdowns. I mean – and also a rushing – and also a, a catching t- – you caught a touchdown pass, too, also. So, four touchdowns total. So, if you had them on your fantasy team, you know, your league, you know, I think you're looking pretty good this week. But, uh, look, like you said, so if, if the Vikings kind of, you know, get a couple of games, I mean, the schedule kind of works in their favor a little bit. So, it might be a little bit of a, a big, like, stretch for them. Maybe they can f- compete for a playoff spot. But, hey, look, you never know. I think mean, I think they're starting to kind of find a rhythm in their offense and also their defense. You know, kind of made some stops late. You're know, stopping Aaron <laughs> Rodgers in his tracks, so I we'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting.
2: Yes, and I'm definitely looking. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what happens. And before we get like uh, Steve mentioned, it's going to be a, a jam log for that last spot because you're going to have a bunch of teams coming out of the West, so everybody can't put three teams in. But if the East continue to help us like they're doing, then probably can. But uh, I look for a couple of those West, uh, the South are gonna cancel out. I'm looking for that West to try to cancel each other out. But um, the other ones, yeah, I'm gonna say them two for my uh, list that you got coming up. So,
1: uh-huh. yeah. Uh, all right. On that note, let's go to our Week Eight winner studs and duds. So, who wants to go first?
2: Uh, I I go. We go on studs first. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook, <clears throat> get him out the way early. <clears throat> He's healthy. He look healthy. That's a running back, uh, Lucena. <laughs> <So, laughs> that's a running back right there. That's a real running back. So I'm gonna go with him. I'm gonna go with head coach Mike Tomlin and his Pittsburgh Steelers mentality because they were not picked to beat Baltimore for some reason. I don't know why they thought people thought they couldn't beat Baltimore. But you know, I picked them on Friday.
1: (laughs) Ah, yes, you did. (laughs) Smart man.
2: Smart man. (laughs) Yeah, and so a lot lot of people didn't think they could do it, but I don't know why. That's like I said, that's the most disrespected team in football right now. And uh, Trayvon Diggs, I think uh, the team sucks, but he had a hell of a game. He played football. Uh, He was the only reason to watch that game, really. (laughs) He, he caught more passes than they receivers caught, look like. But, I mean, uh, as far as the stud list, I'm going with them. Oh, DJ DJ Metcalf down in Seattle. And Russ, I, mean, he, I heard him mention Kirk Cousins and uh, Digs. The combination you should have been talking about is Wilson and Metcalf because them boys came back and was like, okay, yeah, we lost that game. But let me show y'all why we supposed to be the MVP this year and why we still balling to the top of the thing. And don't be surprised if they still make another move before this trade deadline thing is over. Because I think Seattle think they can taste it right now. And I think they feeling a little disrespect also. So, I mean, then my four though. I'm going with Wilson slash Metcalf and Cook and Pittsburgh.
0: My three studs from yesterday were the Miami Dolphins. I'll pat myself on the back one more time. They defeated the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Of course, they had a special routine, special team's uh, return, punt return for a touchdown. Also, they had a fumble recovery that was returned for a touchdown. The Miami Dolphins uh, special team slash defense gets a game ball for me. The second game ball, uh, Justin Zimmer, number 61 for the Buffalo Bills. He stripped Cam Newton yesterday when the New England was trying to, to take the lead late in the game. Uh, Justin Zimmer stripped the ball and Buffalo recovered to preserve the win. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Patriots for the first time at home since 2011. So congratulations to the Bills. So Justin Zimmer, number 61 for Buffalo's defensive line. He gets my second game ball. And my third game ball, Lamont, you just took it from me, but I'll take it back. <laughs> I was uh, DK Metcalf, uh, the wide receiver from uh, from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they dominated the, the 49ers, especially in that second half. As most of America was watching their Bears poop against the Saints, <laughs> yours really was watching that Seattle-San Francisco, San Francisco game via my computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> DK Metcalf, he was so dominant in that first half. He had six catches for over 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Of course, he finished the game with 12 catches for 161 yards. So those are my three steps from yesterday.
1: Okay, my turn. I'll go a little bit different since uh, since a couple you guys took a couple of my uh, Naheem Hines, number 21 for the Colts had two That was going to be. The yeah, uh, two touchdown catches, including the somersault that he did after his first touchdown catch. <laughs> That uh Simone Files would have, she approved. You, you. If you saw the <laughs> that's that was really cool. That, look, that's worth it. That's worth it right there. If,
2: yep. if Simone Files hit your inbox or something, hey, I uh, forget the touchdown. The
1: <laughs> I think she has I think she has a boyfriend though too, Lamont. So but
2: I'm okay with that. <laughs> she can go on and get married i'm happy the fact that she noticed me today yeah you were every day you got <laughs> to today she noticed me so somebody you can have forever, bro but today <laughs> one moment that's my moment. You can't have
1: that one. <laughs> I'm sure. Look, I'm sure. I'm sure they hooked that up. I'm sure. I'm sure that was a big moment for him. Also, uh, Philip Rivers had two two hundred sixty-two yards and three touchdown passes. So and no interceptions too. That's the key. They were able to hold off the Detroit Lions. <laughs> What'd you say, Lamont?
2: I said your coach bounced back.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, look, like I told you he Yo, would. Look, look, look. Frank right that there. Defense, that, yeah. That the boy
2: defense. came back. What, yeah. Um, uh, Leonard, Darius Leonard, yep, came back on defense and changed everything. I think that's what they was missing. Yeah, that's why they had a little uh uh-uh. uh. But yeah, they real on defense when he's in the game.
1: Yeah, had that best performance the last couple of weeks. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I mean, look, they kept the ball. Look, they kept the ball moving. Josh Jacobs had 128 rushing yards. They kept, you know, Baker and that Browns offense off the field. They were able to kind of, you know, keep churning along, and they were able to hold off the, 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 the Browns. So good for the, the, the Raiders to get that win on the road. That could probably help. And when it, came, when it comes to tiebreakers later on down the line, uh, let's see. My last one. <clears throat> oh, the Denver Broncos. That was a hell of a comeback. So they were. I think they were down. I think like what, like eighteen points or something like that. They were able to score, you know, twenty one points late in the fourth quarter, including the big touchdown uh, pass to. I think it, I forgot who. I think it was like. Uh, I think it was. Um. Oh, it was KJ, KJ Hunter Hunter Hammer Hamler. I think that Ham- caught that last. Yeah, caught that uh, last touchdown pass that ultimately ended up winning the game as time expired. Uh, save for the Drew Lock. Uh, weird. Uh, <laughs> awkward victory dance afterwards. But I mean, yeah. We, that's, that's hey. a good win. That's a good win for the Broncos. Yeah, that, that was a good win for the Broncos, too. So, a he, nice he win for Vic Fangio and, and his Broncos. What you say, Lamont?
2: He needed that dance. He, <laughs> he, he, he been getting beat up. He needed that dance. <laughs>
1: weird dance. <laughs> Very weird, uh, awkward uh, dance. So, you might as well check that out, too. So, like, any, any, any other bonus stuff before we go to our duds?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, J.K. J. Dobbins, rookie running back out of Ohio State for Baltimore. He was only bright spot for the Ravens in yesterday's 28-24 loss to Pittsburgh, 15 carries for over 113 yards.
2: Yeah. No, I had not had no bonus ones, but because you mentioned him, that might have got them put on my other list because they had 265 yards rushing and four turnovers and still couldn't beat Pittsburgh Steelers. So that could put you on a dead list. They didn't make the list? But that could have got you on there. So I had looked at them, but that they, they didn't get you on the list. But uh, and since I brought it up, since we're going with Duds, uh, the entire team of Dallas Cowboys. Oh,
1: <laughs> oh my God, that game was horrible yesterday. My goodness, from, from the owner
2: box all the way down to the brother that handed them that t- the, the Gatorade bottle, the whole thing. <laughs> they, they, but luckily, they got a big stadium, they got enough room for all that garbage. <laughs> you can take your garbage and go over there and social distance. You can social distance your garbage over here. They got enough room for all that garbage they doing down there. So they they definitely get like a giant one, a giant, giant one. Um, the next one I was giving out was going to go to, I mean, I, I know I hate to stay local, but I got to go with Matt Nackie's play calling. I just don't think he can call plays right, and I just don't see it. It's like he never calls the play that we need, like, ever. And and I think that just has become a problem that they can't seem to overcome and get past and get out of. And last, I guess I can put them on there since you brought them, but I'm not going to. As far as Baltimore go, I'm not going to put them on there. The third and last thing I'm gonna put on there will probably be the team that lost to Denver, the Chargers. I ain't no way you're supposed to let Denver come back and beat you like that. Drew Lock, crazy man, dance, all of that. You no, know, they had that. They showed that they are a little young and they're not ready. Even that defense is good, but it's young. So I think their immaturity played into that, and not they they get that last spot.
0: I'll go with my three duds. Lamont. I'll piggyback off of you. There was uh, the we call them the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles on this show. On this show. Of course, they lost to the Broncos as you mentioned, 31-30. Uh, Justin Herbert had a great game, but the reason why the Chargers are my does was because, like you mentioned, Lamont, there were up 20 points on the road. You couldn't close out. Now your record drops to two and five, and you may have cost your chance at a playoff spot. We shall see as these weeks go along. But uh, I saw this stat on television this morning. The Chargers, with a 17-point lead or more, they are 0-3, while the rest of the NFL is 52-4. and So uh marinate on that uh, for a minute or two. My second dud is Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson didn't have a great game. Was he the only reason why Baltimore lost? No. Give credit to the Pittsburgh defense, but Lamar Jackson – didn't have a good game I did watch that game some of it live via my computer uh he had a, a, a pick six and he had a couple of fumbles in there as well so uh the, the Baltimore offense gets my second dud my third dud is Chicago Bears wide receiver J- Javon Wims. we discussed it in our last segment you know why
1: <laughs> um okay my first duds are the Rams I mean like I like like I said before, I know people wanna say, well, are the Rams, like, the Rams are not, must not be very good, but let's remember they had a short week, they had to travel cross country, they had to play a noon game. So I I'm I'm kinda of surprised mm-hmm. that they didn't lobby the NFL to say, hey, look, can we push this game back to 325? But, you know, maybe maybe they would have had a better shot, but you know, it is what it is. So that's my, my debt for them. I'm gonna say that the the Raiders for all the reasons that uh, that Sid just alluded to. Because there are some issues there, and you got now Ronnie Stanley's out. Marlon hum- Humphrey has COVID, so now there are some issues going on in Baltimore. So I'm a little concerned about that Baltimore team. They just pay Stanley? Didn't they pay Stanley? Yes, yesterday? they did. Yeah, they did a couple of days ago. Yeah, right, right, right. I right paid when you go. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> he took so. the money. Man, uh, <laughs> literally.
1: Uh, yeah, apparently. So now he's got an ankle injury. He's gonna be. He's done for the year. Uh, the Chargers, uh, it pains me. Another game that they should have won. Now, Desmond King, who's one of their top defensive guys, could be out on the markets.
2: They traded him. They say to Tennessee.
1: Oh, Tennessee? Oh, really? Okay, I got to look that I, up. I think I just seen that. Oh, okay. Uh, again, well, yeah. I mean, look, look. I mean, I think Anthony Lynn, who I like a lot, but unfortunately, I think he's on the hot seat there. Although Justin Herbert looked really good; he had two interceptions. But you know, look, he's going to have his growing pains. But look, the Chargers, you can't afford to miss those type of opportunities. Can be, you can be right there fighting for a wild card spot, and now you're two and six, and then you may have to trade some of your best some of your best players. So, and those are you know any other bonus duds?
2: No, he yeah, he traded them to the
1: Titans. Oh, really? Okay, so it's official. All right. And so any other bonus duds.
2: Um, other than other than that, bear, that that that, that man, that Bear. I mean, the, the, the Bears, man. Like overall, and I, the Rams get some bonus dud time too. Sydney, good pick, Sydney. Picking. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Picking. Picking. <laughs> uh, Miami to win, but some Miami said that was interesting. Miami said, y'all talking about the Rams defense, y'all better talk about our defense. And I think mm-hmm. that they that they made me look at their defense. I watched it on the re- I went re back and watched the game. And he got a point. They got a bunch of no names that's hitting you, and you're gonna know their name one day type situation going on down there. So getting that quarterback in could be, man, what they need, man. So maybe it was two a time.
0: Yeah, my bonus dud for me is the Cleveland Browns, or as I call them, the Cleveland Clowns. You put up six points yesterday against uh, maybe an average or slightly above average Las, Las Vegas Raiders team at home. That, uh, Baker Mayfield, his days may be numbered as the starting quarterback for that franchise. Would you take him here? Whew. Mm. <laughs> it depends on who the coach is, because I'll be, I'll be for damn sure it won't be nagging.
1: No, I know. If at it's all. laggy,
0: probably not.
2: Same I mean, here. You, yeah, you same here. That, you was mentioning that earlier. If the Bears keep up on this pace they own right now, they can end up five and eleven and get a good draft pick and may get a quarterback. And not getting Trevor ahead. Lawrence. Sorry, they're not going to.
1: Oh no, no, it's not that's not happening. I don't know who <laughs> put that out there that he was gonna do that, but no, that ain't happening. <laughs> That's why I
0: yeah, said don't that. start there, Lamont. The Bears are no, not getting Trevor Lawrence. They no, can lose no, the rest of the no,
2: season, if they're not him. getting him. I didn't say him. I said, okay. a good just making sure. No, no, not him. A good quarterback. Okay. You look at you look at the ones that came into the league this year, that's playing. It's more than one that's playing that's a rookie. It's more than one that's playing that's showing you talent as a rookie. So it may be two quarterbacks in there this year, maybe even three. I'm just saying. They might have to pull a trigger in the second round or early late first round and get them a real quarterback eventually. They're gonna have to do something because this is not it. And, and they're gonna have to see that eventually. I mean, but it remains to be seen. But no, I wouldn't think of Trevor at all. He he New York bound. And and I don't think he and I don't think that's best for his career. I yeah. really don't.
1: Probably not. Um, my bonus dud for me is, are the Cowboys. Enough said. <laughs> enough said. <laughs> right. enough said. Uh, all right, let's go to the college. Gr- oh, oh you know what? We actually, do you guys want to even bother previewing the Bucks giants game tonight?
2: You know what? We all picked Tampa Bay, that's it. <laughs> right, we that's all it. picked Tampa Bay. But it's a certain thing called New York Kryptonite and Tom Brady. It's some reality in that, I'm just saying, if something, it's 2020. Look at all the craziness that has happened in 2020. Look at everything that happened. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if it were to happen, I wouldn't be looking at the TV surprise, simply because the name Giant put fear in Brady's heart, <laughs> and he may blow it again against a team that he better beat, not supposed to beat. And if it it were to happen in 2020 and COVID in this year, Mm -hmm. I would just be like, what else you expected in 2020?
1: We'll (laughs) see. (laughs) We'll see. So let's go to the college gridiron there, gentlemen. Um, Some very interesting things happened. All right, so where do you guys want to start? I got something
0: for Lamont. Let's start local. I did watch a, a couple minutes of this game. Uh, uh, Purdue defeated Illinois 24 17. Lamont, uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, the last play of the game for Illinois. Uh, I watched this live. It was a fourth and 10 situation, but inside their 10. Yeah. The guy that caught the ball was two yards short. You got to know the situation. You had the chance to at least get yeah. the game into overtime. And you didn't play that great, but you hung around in there. Purdue, let's be honest. Purdue's not that great. They haven't been great in the last few years. But I, you had the chance to maybe uh, to get that game into overtime, perhaps pull off a quote unquote mini upset. But uh, now that you're zero two, if you uh, you got to win at least like you said, Lamont, the rest of that schedule. I not I think the Purdue is not possible. Now you gave that one away. That game away at home on Saturday.
2: Yep, and 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 they don't have a quarterback neither. So. It, 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 that didn't help. So I think if they would have had their quarterback, it may have went different. But once they were saying that he wasn't going to play from the start, I think that took all the sale out of the little win that they had. And that's the result you get when you do that. So another crushing defeat. And I think, you know, they don't really have a great shot at bouncing back and playing in the Big Ten championship game. But 2020 and anything, can happen in 2020. That's why you got to vote tomorrow.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll get that in a little bit. What about, okay, what about you, Lamont?
2: College football-wise, over the weekend, uh, definitely watched Alabama to see what Mississippi State do. They did what I thought they would. Uh, (laughs) I told y'all on Friday that Clemson wouldn't miss Trevor Lawrence. when, When DJ hopefully I said it right. When he yep. goes and blows I wore this shirt for a reason. When he goes and blows this team out, notice I have on my Notre Dame hockey what up, what up, shirt. <laughs> yeah. I got a hockey shirt and football shirt. And when he goes and blows out Notre Dame this week, I think. We won't Trevor, we won't Trevor will only be being said by the sponsors and people of that nature that stand to get paid off of him being the number one pick. I think Clemson has started to look beyond and move past Trevor Lawrence because they know what they got in DJ right there. So I, I was watching that. And I think he threw, he, he set records and he's big and he's strong. I just think it's really scary every time they mention Demarcus Marcus Russell name with him. I think that's just scary and cursy type. So I'm hoping that that's not what happens to him as a football player. But I think Clemson has moved past that. And if he goes and dominates Notre Dame in Notre Dame, it's going to be some problems, and they're going to just wait for Trevor to go on to the NFL, and they're going to move forward with what they got.
0: They have no choice but to do that as far as next year is concerned because Trevor Lawrence will be drafted by the NFL. Uh, yeah. Speaking of that Clemson-Boston College game, I watched the majority of that game. You couldn't ask for a better script for the Boston College Golden Eagles. Uh, you had a fake field goal. You you on uh, fourth down towards the end of that first half. Uh, you faked it. Uh, you drew Clemson off sides, and then you do the touchdown pass to end the first half. It was a 28 to 10 lead, I believe, at, at halftime. And then, of course, Clemson. You knew that they were going to make a run, and they made a run that they did, and they ended up beating Boston College 38 to 24. Travis Edgemon uh, had seven catches for 140 yards and a, a go-ahead touchdown in, in that second half. Boston College, uh, as I mentioned, it was a tale of two halves. They were aggressive in the first half, in the second half. They got outplayed, and they were dominating by the Tigers in that second half. It was definitely a tale of two halves.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I actually caught the tail end of it as Clissa was starting to pull away. Um, Look, Agulier, look, that's the best – look, that's really like the best – he did the best he could with actually a short practice. So I can only imagine what he's going to do once he does – have a full week of practice. I mean, look, he didn't turn the ball over. He was able to overcome the nerves. His, you know, his guys helped him out. I think there was a little bit of nerves too, because, because I think I think the game would have been would have pulled away even earlier than that. Yeah, that. even earlier than that. Once you know, once <laughs> once all those things you know settled in, all the his nerves settled. But but the defense did what they were supposed to do. Like I said, I think Boston College, like you said, says stop being aggressive in in the second half. I think they kinda yeah. their I think mentally they knew that okay, yeah, Clinton's gonna wake up and we're pretty much done. And they were. So but yeah, I mean look, uh, we'll see what happens. They gotta go at uh, South Bend, we'll see what he does. Yeah, you know, we'll talk more about it on Friday. But he looked really good, I gotta say, from what I saw. Um uh Georgia, Georgia. Not look, not not a very flashy performance, but they didn't really need it against Kentucky. So they did just Kentucky. know Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I know it through, through two interceptions and that wasn't good, but look, they did enough to win and it's, you know, Kentucky's kind of rebuilding. So I, you know, I think Georgia fans should be okay. A nice win from Mel Tucker and Michigan state. I mean, look, like I, like
0: I said, <laughs> Overrated for the Michigan Wolverines.
1: Well, look. I always say that you throw the records out the window when those two play each other because it's an in-state mm-hmm. rival. Like I said, that that secondary is a big issue for the Wolverines, and it will be a big issue for them this season. They're very they're very young overall on, on that defense. Their their offense still still did their thing and what they were supposed to but their defense didn't make the, the stops late. So, but I'm happy for Mel Tucker and, and the and the Spartans. You know, they got blown out last year at home, so that was a little bit of revenge for them there. Yes,
2: I, I watched that, but. Uh... Other than that, uh college wise, uh I was I'm 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 really looking forward to seeing that Clemson and how he goes and like you said, Boston College. They could have been up, should have been up. And what was cool about that game was who was calling that game when yep. he had that was that was so cool. Uh, yeah. Joe Tessatory, yeah, his son. Um I think
1: his name his is son, John, son John I think.
2: That, like, yeah, his son, the one that did that fake, and that was that was really cool. That uh, that that was actually cool. I liked it, that so you know as far as going forward we got pac-12 coming back uh saturday that should be interesting and we got the big 10 continuing to move forward but um i'm really looking to see can that dj boy go up there and beat up on notre dame in notre dame and that that's gonna cause a whole lot of trouble in college football if it happens that's all i'm gonna say
0: What about te- what about Texas upsetting number six Oklahoma State, 41-34 in overtime? I did catch uh, some of that game. Uh, it was a high-scoring affair. That's the Big 12 conference for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. a high. Yeah, it's highlight of that. That looked that looked really impressive. You know, Texas has had their struggles lately. So, I, that was a, that's a nice win for them. Kind of, like, derailed Oklahoma State's chances, even though, you know, they're still within distance for the Big 12. So, we'll see what happens. And I think they made some questionable decisions. that They were able to score. So, that I was a little bit, you know, sort of, you know, surprised by that. But, look, Texas, look, I, is Texas back? I don't know. But, uh. That's a nice win for them, though. Yeah.
2: Yeah, then
0: Oklahoma uh, blows out Texas Tech sixty two
1: twenty eight. We won't be. I think, I think they're turning the corner a little bit. I, I think having, I think Spencer, I think Spencer Rattler, I think is settling into, you know, like the quarterback role for them. And you know, I, I think look, their defense actually made some stops. Believe it or not, so that's why they only gave up twenty eight yeah. points. That's actually I, good...
2: that's what the amazing part. Yeah, uh, that, I, they I, kept I, on the three points. My...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so... what I... Oklahoma might be coming back though. They might be turning a quarter here, so we'll we'll see.
0: Uh, going back to yeah, going back to local college football. Well, let's give Northwestern some love. They're two and zero. They defeated Iowa. Shout out to our friend of the show Alyssa Bergamini, uh, the in-game host for the Chicago White Sox. She went to Iowa, but uh, give yep. some love to Northwestern. They are, they are now two and zero. Yeah, better than Illinois.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, look look, I watched a lot of that northwestern Iowa game and they looked really good. They were, they came back from a fourteen point deficit and they were come back to win. So uh, good for Pat Fitzgerald and the uh the Northwestern team. Um Ohio State, I mean what more what more what more can we say about Justin Fields as it hasn't been said. He's yeah. he, he he you know, he you know, threw for, for three for four touchdowns. Yay. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that final score is, is a bit deceiving. I did turn yeah. to it in the beginning. Uh, they blew out Penn State and Happy Valley. That was no contest.
1: No, no. couple of garbage touchdowns late for Penn State, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And Fields might be – he might, you know, take over their leads since, since Lawrence will be on, you know, on the DL. Well, not, 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 I don't want to say designated list, but he's going to be out of commission for the next you know, couple of weeks here.
2: And trust me, they're not rushing him back. Hold oh, on, no. <laughs> if, no. They, if this boy play good in Notre Dame, trust me, they're not rushing him back. He may not come back and just ride off into the sunset and take his number one pick. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he do.
1: Uh, important note, though. Here's a guy... also. Let's get some
2: love to Indiana as well.
1: Oh yeah, they're two and 2 They were able to kind of hold off Rutgers. Yeah, you know, the great back to the defining great Shianos. <laughs> they're actually yeah. playing... they're actually playing better now. Go figure. Again with Shiano back at the helm, but uh, yeah, Indiana looked really good. So yeah.
2: You were saying breaking news.
1: No, no. Now I was gonna say, like a, a special note, uh, sort of a guy that a lot of people probably aren't talking about for the Heisman, Desmond Ritter for Cincinnati. Another big game for him. Yeah. Three, three touchdown, yeah. the three touchdown passes, two touch, two rushing touchdowns. This this guy, this guy should be right there for like a, the Heisman uh, consideration. He has just as many rushing touchdowns as he does, you know, uh, throwing touchdowns, passing touchdowns. I should say. So Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Luke Fickle's look, Luke Fickle's doing very well over there and they're undefeated and they're in the top five. So
2: And they want some respect too. They say yep. they want some respect too. They like, you're gonna learn who we is. We want some respect, yes. And I think they they better give him some or they're gonna take it by accident. Like if they run into the wrong team in the right time, they will beat you. They will beat you.
1: Yeah, they've been Memphis for the first time in four years, so congrats to the Bearcats. All right, anything else college football-wise? Before we move uh, on.
0: Just looking at this, yeah, Just looking at the schedule, like I said, we'll get into more in our next episode coming up on Friday. But there are some big games across the country, especially in the Big Ten. It's going to make or break some teams. But I'll leave you with that tease. We'll get into it on
1: Friday. What about you, Lamont? Um,
2: as far as college football, yeah. like you said, we'll get into the rest of that on Friday. I was looking at these uh, rumblings from the NFL before we get out of here. You, uh, John, P- JPP said he's going to destroy the Giants tonight. See, stuff like that is what scared me. Remember I mentioned earlier about that kryptonite. You got him going back trying to destroy people. It could get us. It we could get, you know, something bad could happen. And what y'all think about uh, Washington saying they're going to trade dude today. What, what about them coming to the Bears?
1: What do we
2: have him? Yeah, we need a quarterback.
1: You probably not gonna you're not probably not gonna get that, much back from him. I know it's not
2: gonna happen, but
1: you, you probably know, won't
2: I'm get
1: much. Get yeah, I don't think I don't think you'll get much from from him. I don't think.
2: That's what I'm saying. We can give him a fourth, 4 fifth round, and probably get him. I just don't think we would ever do something like that. But, um, you, you think anybody gonna snatch him up? You think we are gonna make any moves in the next 24 hours?
0: You need offensive of line to help if you're the Bears and. If your office is on the street right now, you are on the street, i.e. free agency for a reason. You're not going to find Anthony Munoz or in his prime uh, Orlando Pace or Jackie Slater in their prime out there on the free agent market. It's just not going to happen.
1: Or Jonathan Ogden, too, in his prime. Thank you. Jonathan Ogden, you know, his whole career, he was like, you know, he was consistent throughout his career. Yeah, from Baltimore.
2: He was just a brick over. He was, he was like a building over there. You just had to run around the building like a Kowei building.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're not, We're not. We're not going to see anything too much. I don't think the Bears will be able to make any big moves. And, and wasn't no truth
2: to the Kyle Long wanting to come back stuff.
1: No, no. He was. I think he was just. Play, he was just playing around. I think. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Bulls made some news today. Wrapping up here, uh, Mo Cheeks, you know, the former Bull, former NBA veteran, and a veteran head coach, uh, is going to join Billy Donovan's staff. You know, following him from OKC. What do you guys think about that move?
2: Better, great. He can teach Kobe. He can teach Kobe White how to be a complete point guard, score when you need to, pass when you're supposed to. I mean, he he can show him that. And I'm uh, I mean, Cheeks, I was happy in Portland with him. So uh, I'm cool. I'm very cool with that move. I'm just looking forward to see what they do in a couple of weeks with this draft pick. It looks like they're going to go overseas and pull him, which may be the best move. Uh, I'm liking that boy out of Auburn a little bit, but, you know, we, we will see. We definitely will see. I think it's going to be some flipping and flopping going on in that draft, and they may get a blessing that they're not even looking for, just like the fourth pick is a blessing anyway, but they may get something dropped in they lap that they didn't expect. So I'm trying, I'm looking to see what they do, but I think the Cheeks move will definitely help them. I was more uh, laughing at the move they making over in Brooklyn and what they're doing up there. So you're going to take the player and make them the coach and make the coach the assistant and make the star player the player development person. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, wait, like, hold on. Let me look at this again. So your player development person going to be your old star and your coach going to be your sidekick, so to speak. That's how that works, right? Apparently. <laughs> there's, there's, I, you know what? I'm I'm telling people, uh, you're going to have to have a whole lot of talent to overcome it. And they got a lot of talent. But the moves they're making, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know that NBA and It wouldn't surprise me if James Harden end up in Philadelphia. It will not surprise me one bit if he end up in Philadelphia. Hmm. (laughs)
0: The team that Lamont was talking about is the Brooklyn Nets, of course. Steve Nash is the head coach, uh, never coached before, of course, Mike D'Antoni, his former coach from back in the day with the Phoenix Suns, and Nash is playing days now. Will be The former Rockets coach will be Steve Nash's lead assistant. Um, going back to the Bulls, congrats to uh, hometown guy Maurice Cheeks, Hall of Famer, will be helping now as an assistant coach to Billy Dalvin. Like you mentioned, Lamont, it'll be interesting to see how he works with Kobe White. Will he develop under him? We shall see. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential in Kobe White. We know that he's a scorer. Is he a true point guard? We shall see. But we know he can score the you-know-what out of the ball. We saw that. When he was in North Carolina, we saw it in spots here uh, during his rookie season with the Bulls. So I want to see if Kobe White can take that next step and, and if Maurice cheeks will help him. So I, it's going to be uh, the whenever next season starts, uh, it's going to be interesting. Now, before we get about it here, uh, the NBA will have a big decision potentially to make this week on on when. The the NBA season will start for 20, 2020 2021. Will it start on December twenty second? Will it start in January? Uh, as our guest on Friday, Cheryl Ray Stout said, it may start later than that. Now, if uh, the is we all know that it comes down to money, but if uh, if they start on Christmas Day, that's perfect because there's no other professional sports going on at that time besides football. You know, football there they play on Sundays, so. I think they'll, the Players Association and the league will come to compromise, and this is all about money at the end of the day. The players will have to get some money back because it, at least in the beginning, at least for the first couple of months, if they do start in January or Christmas Day, everybody around the country will not have fans in the stands or a limited amount of fans in the stands. So that's one of the big issues right now. So how are they going to divvy up this revenue because it's 50-50 right now under the current collective bargaining agreement. So uh, it's a big decision uh, um, that the association faces itself. They knew that this was coming. I think they'll make the, the right decision. I think they'll they'll have to meet somewhere in the middle. But I think we'll get our wish and bas- we'll see basketball around the holidays, i.e. Christmas. Like yeah. you say, like, like yes. you say
2: see, that money thing. Uh, they stand to lose like if they don't start on the 22nd they're looking at losing like 600 million or something and then if they don't start dollars. Yeah. yeah they don't start on the 22nd they're going to run into the playoffs the olympics and they don't want to run into all of that so i think they that 22nd may be the starting date to get everything in there and yeah the stadiums going to be half empty at the beginning so to speak but i think after the super bowl everything's going to open back up pretty much Mm because there's some people in that super bowl so everybody else gonna say man let it roll let it roll and i think that's what's about to happen so i think they will probably stick with that december 22nd date for the money spot and the fact that they know they're getting some type of people back in there it ain't nothing but uh, two three thousand. I bet you they make sure it's the two three thousand that season ticket holders that been season ticket holders that spend two three thousand every time they come in the building. So that might be a select pick on that whoever many coming back in the building. So they 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 playing the numbers
1: game. They know what they doing. It'll be to see the travel too. I mean, will they? Will they kind of keep everything regional? That's gonna be the question. You know, mm-hmm. will, they, will everybody stay out west or stay out east and just, you know, play each other that way? Maybe have maybe some inter, interdivisional games. You know, that might be the only way they'll be able to make that revenue up. And will, will it be fans and or will not be will it be virtual fans again like they did down at the bubble in, in Orlando? So there's, there's still a lot for them to have to figure out. They've got time to do it. You know, you got the, the draft coming up in a couple of weeks, and we'll see once, you know, when training camp and once they make the scheduling, once all that starts. But I think they'll be, I think they'll end up starting in Christmas, though. I think they'll, they'll be in the middle.
2: Yeah. And and before you get out of here, one more uh, note, Canada did you hear the noise at uh, some of those college football games this weekend?
1: Oh, yeah, did I saw you, some of it. Oh, my
2: God. It, to hear noise again is weird. Almost at this point. Especially Clemson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, to hear all that noise, them people was making any time you read in on the Richter scale, that means there's some people in the building. And and you you know that's that's interesting just to hear it again. It's like whoa, that's what that sounded like. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing noise again. I I, I was I think I had got used to not hearing it, but to hear it again, and it's like my first time really hearing it at a college game this year. I mean, I heard a couple of claps and stuff, but you actually heard real noise this weekend. So, missing.
1: It's all it's all a consideration, right? I mean, yeah, there's still something good. be. Cause I, I saw in Wisconsin where there was really nobody there at Camp Randall, which yeah. was very weird. And you got some areas where they kind of just had the cheerleaders and the you know the palm squads and the yeah. the band sort of be part of the uh but part yeah. of the crowd. Hey, yeah, and also the friends and family members of the players to kind of sort of have some type of normal crowd noise. But, you know, we'll see. But, listen, COVID cases is going up across the country, so I think people may need to kind of slow down a bit. But, you know, we'll and see and what's the Pac- how the Pac-12 looks. And
2: on that note, you know, you got one of our candidates there. If they win, the COVID's going to be over. So <laughs>
0: we'll leave that alone. Sure <laughs> make sure
2: you vote. Make sure you vote. Make sure you vote. Every <laughs> votes. That's all I'm saying. Everyone vote.
1: All right. Okay, as in closing, anything you guys are looking forward to this week before we convene Friday? Uh,
2: new president. Um the the I'm looking for a trade. I'm looking for somebody to get moved in the next 24 hours that makes some noise. I'm looking, it's gonna be somebody, even if there ain't nobody but New England trading cam. Something, somebody gonna do something to make us say something on Friday. I believe it. Uh, for me,
0: um, looking ahead to another uh, fun-filled uh, weekend of football games, both college and pro. And I'm not going to mention, too what what's going to happen on Tuesday. I'll leave our political pundits uh, to uh, explain it way better than I can, so I'll leave that alone. But I can't wait to get back here on Friday to preview a, a big weekend of action in football. Plus, the Pac-12 is returning, so I cannot wait for that.
1: That's what I'm looking forward to as well, Sid and Lamont. I mean, I'm looking forward. There's a lot of big games coming up both Saturday and Sunday. Actually, the Pac-12 actually starts on Friday, believe it or not. So, there's a they couple of games before, right? Yep, yep. So, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on there and also, you know, there's going to be some other things going on with soccer and everything. So, a lot of stuff going on and sort of a busy time in sports, but uh, with everything else kind of in lockdown, so I would advise everybody to, if you haven't voted yet, do it. It's supposed to be a nice day here tomorrow, especially here in Chicago, so if you haven't voted yet, make a plan. That's all I'm going to say about that. And on, and on that note, see? It agree, oh, the phone agrees with me. You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and at Keena underscore McGee on the Instagram.
0: You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can go to our website at wearegalradio.com. That's W E A R E R E G A L radio.com. And you can listen to this podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other programming from War media, just by simply searching War on Anchor. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor. And we're also on iHeartRadio please download the iHeartRadio app and search for War on Anchor. This W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media, you can watch us do our thing live and see our lovely, intelligent faces.
1: Hello. <laughs> so everybody, please you know, stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, and vote if you haven't already. For the guys, I'm Lakia. This is been the Second Stage Sports, Zoom style. And we'll see you Friday. <laughs>
0: Till next time, holla!